Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. Sometimes it's up, or even if they don't. Coming to you once again from Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, today with episode 695 of the Survival Podcast. It's Thursday, June the 30th, 2011, and that means another month has come and gone. We have crossed over officially and fully through the halfway point of the year. There's now only as much time left in the year as we've already spent, so I'll ask you what I ask you from time to time. What have you done this year to improve your self-sufficiency, self-reliance, liberty, and independence from the systems? Time will march on, and we are all on a sliding scale. We cannot get off it. We are either moving toward greater independence, liberty, self-sufficiency, or we are moving toward less of it. Those are the only two places we can go. There is no such thing as staying stationary in life, because even if you don't move, life moves around you. Just a thought. Today, to help us with the concept of making sure we're moving toward greater independence, And focusing on our finances, I have with me Sarah Jensen from sarahsdeals.net. Again, Sarah Jensen from sarahsdeals.net. We featured her site during our four-part money-saving series, and she received a lot of visits from us. Apparently, you guys really liked the site, so she reached out and said thank you for uh, featuring her. And I said, hey, what you think about coming on the show for an interview? And uh, we went back and forth and finally got a time locked in. And today you're going to get to hear from her how she put the site together, how she's been saving money for a long time, and how you can apply that to what you're doing. For those of you uh, that are you know, used to some of the stuff we talk about on the show that's kind of some end-of-the-world scenarios and things like this, this must seem a little bit different. But remember, this show's all about modern survivalism, and that means making it apply to everybody in all our walks of life. We prepare for the most extreme disasters, and we also prepare for the most common catastrophes, things like losing a job. So that's why we're going to have Sarah on today. Before I bring her on, though, let's go ahead and take care of our housekeeping and our sponsors. Sponsor of the day, number one today, MERS Radio. That's MERS-radio.com. I like MERS Radio because it gives me more privacy than I'll get from those little family radios you pick up at the store, and I get better quality transmission. It also lets me blend security into my communications by allowing me to produce uh, place motion sensors around my property so I know things like hey is someone prowling around my porch at night or is the dog trying to escape out one of his favorite escape holes or even are the deer on their way to the deer feeder that's pretty cool that you can blend secondary communications and security together that way and Rob over at MERS-radio.com is uh, he's a great guy and he specializes in a small selection of equipment that means he knows it cold, and if you're trying to do something with it, he'll tell you here's how it works, or he'll tell you you can't do that with it, so you don't waste your time. So check them out today. Remember, the best way to find MERS Radio and all our sponsors, go to the survivalpodcast.com, click on their banners in the right-hand margin. Sponsor of the day number two today, Safe Castle Royal. I call them the original Survival Podcast Sponsor. Now, the reason I call them the original survival podcast sponsor is because 
they are the first company out of all of our sponsors that ever stepped up and said, we actually want to sponsor the show. That's how long they've been with us, and we've just had our third year uh, in a row of broadcasting, and they've been with us about two and a half years now. So that says a lot about uh, their appreciation for this audience. They also have a great discount buyer's club. That's $29, and for your entire life, you get great discounts on everything that they sell. Uh, it's a great deal, but get this. If you are a member of my member support brigade, you get that for free. How cool is that? So it covers, you know, almost 30 bucks out of your $50 of your first year membership in the member support brigade. So not only are they a great sponsor, not only do they support the audience, not only do they support the member support brigade, but they also have an extensive collection of everything you'd possibly need for your prepping. So check out Safe Castle today. And while you're there, maybe jump over to their sister site, uh, and check out the hardened shelters that they provide. Some of the most amazing, uh, hardened shelters you can think of. So if you're thinking about putting in a storm shelter, tornado shelter, or other type of hardened shelter, you might want to check them out for that as well. Next up, make sure you're connecting with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, etc. Uh, I'll tell you what, we have a lot of fun on Facebook. That's, that's really the one that I spend the most effort on. I post a lot of pictures. I'll have a picture up today of a, uh, a medicinal plant. First person identifies it correctly is going to win a free member support brigade uh, membership. If you've missed it, don't worry. I'll keep doing it. But if you want to be part of that, like us on Facebook. We're about to uh, cross 10,000 Facebook likes on our fan page. I think we need to be up around 20,000. So uh, I need some of you guys that are out there listening that use Facebook that haven't liked us yet to go ahead and do that for us. Uh, last but not least, do consider joining the member support brigade. If you do that, you get exclusive content. Available only to members. And uh, you save a lot of money from uh, just a ton of vendors like Safe Castle that support us. There is a, a just a, a, a massive amount of discounts available to you. Some private individual videos. And in the end, you're supporting the show at 20 cents an episode. So when you get off the show, if you think, you know, that was worth two dimes uh, for that hour of entertainment and education, consider joining the MSB. Uh, before I bring Sarah on, I, I want to update you guys on something yesterday. I was talking to you guys yesterday about Doomsday Prepper and said I had an interview on the phone scheduled with the casting director slash producer of a show that sounded suspiciously like Doomsday Preppers. Uh, and I don't really have a great opinion so far of Doomsday Preppers. I think it focuses on the extreme, kind of the little bit of into the tinfoil hat world, and it's more about shock value than education uh, and, and good quality entertainment. And I will preface that with, I haven't watched the whole episode yet, so I could be wrong, but it doesn't feel wrong. Turns out that's not what she's working on, but the show that she was working on seems a little bit like this. But we together came up with a far more positive angle, and she wants to take that to the network. And uh, here's what I need. I need to hear from some folks out there that would be interested in maybe being featured on a show like this. Now, you know if I'm going to do it, it's going to be positive. I can't say any more than I've already said, but if you have a homestead or something you've prepped, and this is going to be uh, if it goes forward, and there's no, you know, it, it's flip a coin right now whether it will go forward or not. But if we can present some ideas, maybe we can uh, swing this network on doing something very positive for the prepper community. Uh, so if you're interested in that, just shoot me an email, jack at the survivalpodcast.com. Give me a little bit of information about where you're at. 
if we get any kind of bite to this, um, the next step will maybe be for you to submit a little bit of video talking about your location and what you're doing and things like that, uh, just to give you a feel for what it would be like. But even if we do that, none of your information will be you know, used for anything unless you decide you want to go forward with the project. And Obviously, I'm not going to go through forward with the project unless it presents prepping and modern survivalism in the most positive way possible. Uh, this is not the first time I've been contacted about doing something with a television show, but in all instances, it's been angled toward the extreme and the negative. I won't touch that. You have my word, and I won't ask you to touch it either. So I'd love to hear from some of you today that might be interested in something like this. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to, when I had a conversation yesterday. I've also checked this producer out. I won't name any of the shows that she's done in the past, but I will tell you that she's legitimate, and she's worked on some fairly large projects If I did give you the names, you would know them. And that's that's all I can say for now because it's confidential information. All right. And with that, we've got the housekeeping wrapped up. And let's go ahead and get into the main part of today's show. All right, folks. And as I said during the introduction segment, we are fortunate to have with us Sarah Jensen uh, from sarahsdeals.net. Uh, Sarah runs a blog. It's all about saving money and turning And dimes into dollars, and uh, we featured her in one of our money-saving episodes. We did that four-part series. There were hundreds and hundreds of suggestions you guys sent in, and one of you guys mentioned her blog, and uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm sure she's grateful for that because it got her introduced to this great community, uh, and she's got some great stuff to share with us today. So, uh, hey, Sarah, welcome to the Survival Podcast. Hi, glad to be here. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Uh, hey, just for folks that maybe haven't checked your site out yet or maybe looked at it and didn't really dig into it, tell us a bit about your website and what listeners are going to find at sarahsdeals.net. Um, mostly my big focus is um, on store ad matchups, um, taking the ads, matching them up to coupons. Um, we find a lot of uh, stuff from around the country, but mostly um, here in Michigan is my focus. Um, we have things like Walgreens, Rite Aid, CVS that apply nationally for people. Um, I also do a lot of bulk and freezer cooking. I share printable coupons that are good across the country, freebies on occasion, and I give general tips and hints for busy families. Very cool. So as I was saying, there's lots of ways there for people to save money. Um, But I mean, it seems like you've really taken a deep interest into this, and you're you're not just teaching people how to do something. You're You're living in a certain way, and uh, you're showing people how to do what you're doing, which is really cool. So kind of how did you get into, like, couponing? Because you talk a lot about that. What's your background there, and your res what's your results been with it? Well, I grew up in a family where we were living paycheck to paycheck um, on occasion, on and off government assistance when I was a child. Um, so I, ways to save money, ways to spend less have always been part of my life, Um But I really started doing the coupon thing almost 10 years ago when I found out I was pregnant with my son. Um, I was going to be cutting back in hours once he was born, um, and we just we needed to find a way to spend less when making less and keep everything kind of together. Um, the coupons just seemed like a logical place to go. My grandmother's a couponer, so I kind of had an idea what they could do. Um, she doesn't do it nearly on the scale that I've figured out, so it's just it's been just a journey in 10 years in the making for to get to the point where I'm at. And, you know, why did you, like, turn this into a website? Because there's plenty of people doing this. I mean, there's, there's, there's groups and communities and people getting together and all, but you've got this awesome website. 
with all these like tips and tricks and, and, and ways to match things up so you can, you know, improve the power of an individual coupon or improve the power of an individual sale. What made you decide to go out and found a website like SarahsDeals.net? Well, I actually, I was a moderator on a couple frugal living boards, one through Yahoo and one through MSN for a number of years before I started my site. Um, I had a girlfriend who was talking to me about blogging and she said, yeah, this one blogger that I follow talked about using some coupons and it just something clicked and thought coupons, blog, why not try it? So I jumped in and started a site. Very cool. And, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you when we had on, because I've had a lot of people asking me this, um, there's all kinds of coupons out there, but usually they're like, you know, mac and cheese and stuff like that. Um, some, some of it's even kind of junk food. What do you, um, what do you do to get good deals or coupons on things that are a little bit harder to get your hands on, uh, like produce and meat and other things that maybe are a little bit more substantial for uh, nutritional purposes? Well, you know, fresh produce, the number one thing is to buy in season um, and rotate seasonally what you're eating in your household. That's probably the biggest tip for that. But also, when you look at some of the prepackaged stuff, um, Earth-owned organic is a good example. They constantly have a $1 off coupon on their website that you can fill out a form and have mailed to your house. Um, a lot of other companies like that, you'll see like Fresh Express Salad and Dole Salads from time to time will have coupons as well. So they are out there. Maybe not as common as some of the junk foods, but if you watch for them, they are definitely there, and you can definitely use them. Um, meat's a little harder. My biggest suggestion is to shop early. Most stores do their clearance markdowns in their meat departments first thing in the morning. Um, and then if you take it home and either use it right away or freeze it, you obviously have more time to um, then utilize the or use the meat and um, save on it. Um, occasionally you'll see promotions. I know my local store right now has a promotion where if you buy two A1 steak sauce products, um, there's a coupon on the display for money off ground beef. Um, one of the tips I give my readers in that um, scenario is to buy the steak sauce, use the coupon. The coupon is actually just for $1 off ground beef. So if you go to the fresh meat counter and have them package something in a $1 package, you actually get the meat for free. Very cool. Um uh, another thing I want to ask you is, I, I know that like my wife's always clipped coupons, not really in a very organized fashion or anything. Just like if it's something we're going to buy anyway, she clips it. And I started watching this show, Extreme Couponing. I'm sure you watch it too. And I see these women go in there and they get like a thousand dollars worth of stuff for like seventy two cents or whatever. And I thought this is cool. I'm going to start printing some out and I'm going to throw some coupons together. And I'm not going to get a thousand dollars for five bucks, but what I'll, you know, we're going to go in there and we're going to save forty fifty dollars on a couple hundred bucks. And and I felt all disorganized, and I thought, this is too much work, and I don't know what the heck I'm doing, and I'd rather go cut grass and make $10 an hour, and I just want to go home. So when somebody's getting started, what's kind of your number one tip to keep them from getting into that state? The number one tip is to start slow, because if you don't take the time to figure out how the different things work, the different promotions, you know, waiting for it to go on sale, using a coupon with it, identifying what um, what you get back. A lot of stores have the on-your-next-shopping order, what the instant discounts are. Once you're familiar with your store's policies, then it's easier to start figuring out how to do it. So start small. Start with the coupon and, you know, the on-your-next-shopping order deal on one item. See how it works. Get the feel of the system. Um, 
really the other thing I tell people is don't expect your entire grocery bill to drop 50% instantly. Will you save that much on a few items to begin with? Absolutely. Um, what I tell people is go with your normal grocery budget for the first couple weeks. What you do is you use the coupons on the items you're going to purchase anyway and then take the savings from those coupons to then put, roll it into whatever that really good deal is this week. Cost is a good deal this week, so buy a few extras. It will hold in your pantry. That way in a couple weeks when it's not on sale but you want it for something, you have it in your stockpile. So start small, build from there. Well, that's a great word you use there, stockpile. And obviously with the Survival Podcast, it's something we all focus on. We don't, maybe don't build them up all from couponing, but we do believe in concepts like eat what you store and store what you eat. And I always looked at couponing as something, again, like my wife does that and whatever. But as I've started looking more and more into these communities like yours, I've started to realize that it's almost like, it, you know, we call it being a prepper or being a modern survivalist. We're not freaked out hiding in a bunker or anything, but we do believe in being prepared for things. It seems to me that this type of lifestyle naturally leads you there whether you plan on getting there or not. I mean, I would think that in the house of a typical couponer, uh, if you had to go a couple weeks or more without some food, you're going to do better than the average American? I, I think so. In fact, um, there's other bloggers I know of that do it, and I've participated along where they actually ask you to do nothing but buy fresh for an entire month and use down your stockpile and see how creative you can get to not buy any of those products for an entire month. Um, really, at this point for us, because it's not a need to eat through our stockpile, it's fun. Um, it just it kind of pushes our creativity. Yeah, I, I bet. I mean, we've always, like I said, we've always really been heavy in our community about eat what you store and store what you eat. And I think it's great, like little things like you just talked about there, and it's something we tell our folks to do as well. Go out there and live off some of your storage because the time to figure out how to whip together, you know, tuna and noodles and some other things that make it actually taste good and make sure the kids will actually eat it is when you have another option, not when you don't. Right. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think it's important for people to do this stuff? I would imagine there's – because there are people out there that say, look, I make enough money. I don't care. I, you know, I don't want to do this. It's too much work or what have you. But I think it makes sense for everybody to, to focus on saving money today, right? Oh, I do completely believe so. Uh, you know, our family kind of lives on the motto, we um, save where we can to spend where we need or want to, and we live better for less. We We – save where we can, and then we redirect the funds from our savings into the things we want to do. I never traveled much as a child. One of our big things is for us to get our children out to be able to go places. We take several small trips a year, and we do that because of where we've saved in other areas. So I think it's important for every family to look at it. I know there are a lot of people out there who do make really good money, who can afford the vacations and the grocery budget that they've got and everything. And honestly, if that's not their priority is saving the money to redirect it somewhere else. That's completely up to them. They will do their thing. Um, but I think if they, you know, wanted to spend, a, you know, an hour a week that they could see some significant savings. Um, and, you know, it's all personal choice, really. But I think it's important to know that the options are out there. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been watching that Extreme Couponing show, and I've seen a few of the spouses uh, that are kind of reluctant. I mean, the one guy said something like, you know, um, 
I think these coupons are just to get you to buy stuff you wouldn't normally buy. And of course, since these these women are like, hey, they're pros, man. They can go out there. They can do this big time. That guy kind of got one over when his wife walked out with like eight carts of groceries for 73 cents. But for the average person that's trying to kind of get some buy-in from the spouse, do you have any tips to like get that reluctant spouse on board? I know we deal with a lot in the prepper world. Have you come across that at all? Oh, absolutely. My own husband is um, at a, kind of an indifferent stage to it at this point. But what I tell people is set some time aside and just do it yourself and then show your spouse the rewards from it. Take the time, go out, do a shopping trip, save 50%. Come home, show them the receipt, and then see what they have to say. They'll usually get on board or at very least get out of your way. <laughs> I guess that's the best you can ask for is indifference. And I think in the prepper households, a lot of spouses have gotten that way. They're just like, okay, fine, the lights went out for a few days, and this all paid off, so do what you want, but don't don't expect me to come along for the ride heavily. Uh, and then sometimes I think maybe they get actually enthusiastic. And I think when you can get two people doing it together, no matter what it is, it, it's it's more powerful. Yeah. Well, you know, when my husband and I go somewhere together and I've got a coupon, it's not a big deal. He's on board with it. He will, you know, he's along for the whatever. But if I if I hand him a coupon and say, don't forget to use this when you go to the store, it's a bit more of a struggle for us. He just He's an in-and-out kind of guy. He's not all there. Yeah, and that, that's my problem, too. It's not that I don't see the value. It's that, like, after I'm at a store for, like, 25 minutes, I don't want to be there anymore. And uh, so I, <laughs> I need to let my wife do this on, on her own and show up to help carry the stuff or something. But my wife's even been trying to figure this out, and I've had her on your site and some other sites and, and trying to put some things together because she's really interested in it. But one of the things she always asks me, and a lot of my listeners have been asking this as well, we watch these shows and we see these these women or even occasionally guys come through and they have like 80 of an item and they're making 10 cents an item. And every time I look at a coupon, it's, you know, manufacturer's coupon, do not double, um, limit one or limit two, or you have to buy three to save a dollar and it's a $6 item. How do these people put these deals like that together where they're actually making money on something and you know some of them even if they can't use it all they go give it to charity or also they're not doing it just to, to get it because they can they're generally using the rebate to buy other things but how the heck do they do this you know that's one thing it's a tv show and that show is really made for tv knowing um just through the internet some of the people who've been on it i know in a lot of cases, that they've talked to the stores ahead of time. They've ordered things. They've made special arrangements with the managers to um, have limit, limits waived for the show and that kind of stuff. So just when you're watching that kind of show, just remember things on TV are made for TV, even if it's reality, because, yes, it really happened. They can really be made for TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but it it is realistic to go into a store to, you know, even I can stage a good shopping trip. Even I can save 90%, granted, on a much smaller scale, but I can walk into my local grocery store on the right sale week with the right list of stuff in and out in 20 minutes, save 90% on meat, cheese, that kind of stuff with the right sale. My local store just did a um, deal with some Oscar Mayer meats and some Kraft cheeses and that kind of stuff where if you bought five items, you could save $5 instantly. There were coupons for some of the items. You know, I came out saving over over 80% on, you know, what was a little less than $100 worth of groceries to begin with. 
So, I mean, it, it can be done. It can be done on a small scale as well as the large scale. You just have to remember these people spent hours and hours prepping for these trips, and a lot of them have websites where they share this stuff to begin with, where they're scouring those websites and just spending a lot of time to do it. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what I don't want to do. I, I watched the recent episode, this guy that worked for a radio station uh, that does it. He said, he said he spends, on average, 30 hours a week, and then the, 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 the DJ that he works for said to him, he said, well, how much do you save a year? And the guy goes, over $10,000 a year. And he goes, oh, well, that's good. And I, all I thought was for 30 hours a week, I better make more than ten grand. So if you're not going to go that extreme route, what do you think the average person who can, who, you know, take time to, like you said, start slow, learn the system, use a few research sites, maybe spend two to three hours a week initially and then get them to build a system and spend an hour or two. What can that person expect to save, you know, or maybe what kind of a budget can they expect to have for food versus what a typical person has? I would say if you start slow, you start building a stockpile using the coupons, like I said, you know, take those savings the first couple of weeks and roll them into stockpile items um, and start building yourself up a stockpile. I would say after the first month, it's very easy that you could drop your grocery budget by about 30%. Um, and beyond that, you know, after a few months in, six months in, you should be well on your way to 50% or more in savings and groceries within six months. Um, the only time I tell people if you... You know, if you have to have the savings immediately, obviously dive in both, both feet first. They, you know, one or both spouses have lost their jobs. If you have to and you have the time to invest, then do that. Otherwise, it's going to take a little bit to see the savings. Um, you know, or if you just want to do it and cut some off your grocery bill, you're not worried about um, stockpiling per se, then just take your savings out the store and out the door, and I bet you could save 20% this week. That's awesome. That's awesome. But the stockpile thing, I want to stick with that a little because that's 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 you know near and dear to the hearts of this audience. This is I'm just seeing this these two worlds collide because what we've been teaching people from the very beginning is the concept of what we call an opportunity buy and coupons may or may not pay a part in that. But what I've always told people is if we build up a stockpile of food in our homes and if we are legitimately eating what we store store what we eat, we're not sitting on you know two years worth of MREs which. I lived on it for six months in Honduras back in my army days, and trust me, you do not want to live on MREs for, for two years. You really don't. But if we do that, what happens is I go to the store, and let's say I really like wolf chili. That is something I, I genuinely really like. I cook with it. I'll eat it straight up on a night. I don't feel like cooking anything with a little uh, onions and cheese and cilantro on it or something like that. And lo and behold, it's not on sale um, it, it, there is no coupon, and, and I want it, but I have to pay full price for it. If I have, you know, 20 cans in my, my can rotation system sitting at home, I just don't buy it that week. So would you say that if you really want to do this, even at the point of, like you said, cutting 50%, that that stockpile really pays a role in being able to do things that way? Oh, absolutely. You know, stockpile, bulk cooking, I mean, great things, pasta, you know, a good local deal this week. There's a way to use coupons and end up with six boxes of Ronzoni Garden Delight pasta for a dollar. You know, it's not the best price I've ever purchased pasta at, but my stockpile is getting low, and it's definitely a buy price at that point, and pasta lasts for so long. You know, and next, in six months, after I've purchased a bunch of them, and in six months we want pasta, you know, we've got it. So, yeah, exactly as you were talking about, having the stockpile will save you money. It will also, 
you know, have you prepared? Sure, sure. I mean, it, it almost sounds like when you're talking about food, you see it more is like I think most people buy food kind of a la carte. I buy it as I need it. I buy it a week at a time. When you look at it, you're just saying, like, it's a buy price there. That almost sounds like someone talking about a stock or a piece of real estate. So you're seeing the food as an investment because it's providing for your family. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I have a mental list. There are people out there who have actually made up lists and shared them what their buy prices are for things. You know, I've even done a couple um, posts on my blog in the past where I've not the entire list but a few things. Hey, this is kind of my target price, you know, for it to go on sale, to buy a few, and then this is my stock-up price. Or obviously, if you can get it for free, you get as many as you can for free um, with some, you know, limitations in there. I don't suggest that you clear shelves. It, just because you can get a 100 of something for free doesn't mean you should take it all and not leave for other people. Um, but, you know, if you've got enough to put 10 items in your stockpile for free, why not do it? It, just, it doesn't make sense to me to spend on it. <laughs> Sure, and I mean one of the things I've seen on that show that the one because I'm really I, the answer you gave me about how these people do this stuff on that show was kind of what I was thinking already, and it's like it was interesting to me until I watched like the first six episodes, and now they're all the same, and everybody's always panicked at the end to try to build suspense. But one of the things I've actually really enjoyed out of the show is the people there that say, "Look, I know how to do this. I do it really well. Sometimes I don't need all this stuff." But I'll get it anyway, and then I'll go give it to a charity or a shelter or something like that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's a great thing. It's something that I do talk about on occasion as well. Um, obviously, the number one thing, you know, there was a deal a couple years ago where you could get um, basically an adult diaper and make money on it at some of the drugstores between the coupon and the money they were giving back. And we don't have any need for them in my house, but we were – we were purchasing a few to donate to our local senior center, people who could use them, and then basically we were making money to take it out of the store, so we were turning around and using that money we made to purchase things that our family would use. Maybe we should mail a box of them to the TSA. I mean, <laughs> who do they get to that poor lady? I mean, that, instead of like, remember everybody teabagged Congress back in 2008? What if we diapered TSA? Maybe that would make, I'm sorry to go on an aside there, but you get, <laughs> no. it's a timely topic. But I mean, that's cool. That's a perfect example because, you know, sometimes you see people, you know, like the, the, the lady buying, you know, Mach 3 blades and she doesn't have a husband and you're like, well, what are you going to do with them? But there's people that could use this stuff. So I want to, I, I kind of wanted to point that out for folks because I also have people say, you know, like I've got some things in my stockpile that we didn't rotate, and they're kind of coming up to an expiration date. And my thought has always been, well, you know, donate them to somebody that can use them. Then, yeah, you know, and there's so many places you can donate. You know, there's senior centers. There's we have a service center locally that's run as a um, collect, a collection of churches run the service center for people who are low income in my area. You know, but you don't even have to look that far. Sometimes it's a neighbor. Sometimes it's a relative. Even anybody who could benefit from it. Sure, and I mean, do you, you got a couple kids, right? You got um, tell us about your kids or ages. I have a seven-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son. And do you involve them in this? Do you teach them like this is like this is mommy saving money and this is the value of money, or, or you know, are they just not interested? Or well, you know, it's funny when we do go to the store, the kids see something they want. Their first question is, "Is it on sale? Do you have a coupon for it?" Because they know my answer is no, unless. You know, it's something very low cost, you know, a dollar to spend on a 
bag of something every now and then, not every day, you know, is not a big deal for us. But if it's something bigger, they're the first ones to ask, is it on sale? Is there a coupon? Is it going to go on sale? Do you think it's going to go on sale? Um, my children really have, you know, they get on it. My daughter especially likes if I'm in the store and I've got an extra coupon and I hand it to somebody, her next thing is, Mom, don't forget to give her your business card. So, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, my daughter especially is really on board. My son, kind of like his dad, he, you know, definitely sees the benefit, but he's sure. not all gung-ho about it. So you have to hook him with the what's-in-it-for-me angle, you know. If there's a coupon for it and he wants it, then he's interested. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, if I could get some coupons for some ribeyes, I'd be I'd be a pretty happy guy. Um, so I understand where he's coming from, though. Uh, but th- that's really cool. Now, you just mentioned your business card. Now, I've always been big on certain things with preparedness, and one is it's not for everyone. Building something of of your own as a business, because it takes a certain amount of dedication, but you've done that. Clearly, you're an entrepreneur. I looked at your site. There's quite a few different ways you've monetized it. Um, Has that made a difference in your life, having something that you own and something that no one can really take away from you? Um, yeah, you know, it's something I've always, I had always wanted to own my own business. I never really had an idea of what I wanted to do. And quite honestly, when I started the site, I really had no idea the ways I could make any money with it. Um, so yeah, and with, with a website like that, with anything in your life, having multiple streams of income is not a bad idea. Because, you know, we see too many people you know, one husband was working, is laid off, and the families have nothing now. So to, you know, kind of apply to your whole life what I do with my site, you know, multiple ways to save multiple streams of income into your family, multiple ways of making things work, you know, stockpile plus my freezer cooking plus my savings at the store kind of keeps us all in balance. And if one of those things goes out of whack, then we're not in trouble. You know, I don't know how much of my show you've listened to since we featured you on it, but one of the things that we talk about when it comes to gardening and growing your own food is a system called permaculture. And permaculture works more like a web than a line. In other words, there's interlocking systems instead of just, you know, like modern farming is like a fishing line. It's one thing. It's corn that either grows or it doesn't. The corn worms either get it or they don't. You either have corn or you don't. Where with permaculture, these things interconnect with each other, and if one, it's like a net. So if like ten of your lines in your fishing net fail, you still can get some fish. And it sounds like you're talking about setting your life up kind of the same way. The more ways you can interconnect things, the more stability you can create for yourself. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's the same thing with your couponing and saving habits too. There's um, things I have on my blog, kind of. There's a section that's called Earn at Home. It's a lot of survey companies. But if you're doing a few of those things as you have time, they are legitimate companies that you can earn a few bucks with. You know, there's the freebie companies, the ones that regularly send out freebies on there. There's, you know, if you do have a website, there's a couple links on my site as well that will show you how to make a little money if you're running a website, you know. And then on the side, you know, my husband and I do a lot of bartering as well. Um, My kids actually go to karate for free because we clean the karate studio that they go to. my husband works. I also work a part-time job aside from having my site. So, you know, you set up your entire life to give yourself a safety net. 
Absolutely. And I mean, one of the things you said that I find so interesting, because I occasionally do do some shows on, on building a business, building secondary income streams. And what I've always advised people when they say, well, I want to go into a business. What business is I going to? I said, do what you love. You know, and, and it, I can tell you, you love your family and you love taking care of your family. And this was one way you did it. So you took that and you turned that into a business. And you said you had no idea how you'd ever make any money at it, but yet you've been able to do that. So that's what I've always said. I don't care if you, if you like ALF. Make an ALF blog if you like if you like ALF. I don't know why you do, but if that's what you want to do, do it. And I don't care if it's fishing or hunting or, or anything. If you really love it and you put yourself into it, there's like 6 billion people out there now you can reach with the Internet. And if you can reach one quarter of 1%, you can create an income. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I didn't intend for this to become a business. The very first inkling I had when I set up my site was there was actually an option to monetize with Google AdSense. And I was thrilled when I made $6.31 the very first month I was blogging <laughs> because I started it with no intention of making money. I, I remember the first time I made any money online, the first check I ever got. Uh, was for a telecommunications company where I was selling long distance and calling cards and stuff like that. And this was back in like 1998. And I was in my, my job, I was earning a very, very good salary. And I got a check for $56. And I was happy. I was jumping up now. Look, it worked. Look, it worked. And my wife was looking at me like I was crazy because it was like an hour of my pay. And here I am freaking out about it, and I don't think which she gets it now because it's been you know over ten years. But at the time, I think she was just not getting. And what I was thinking is, this is mine. I did this myself. No one can take this away. It's one hundred percent of your own profit at that point. It was not your cut of the whole. Correct, correct. I probably spent sixty to make the fifty-six, but proved it it worked you know and, and what I want to talk a little bit about that great site you've built like when someone first gets there what should they do how do they use it you know how do they kind of make it part of their toolkit for saving money well you know the right up at the top I've always got a little um, header at the top of the post that kind of says you know go here to see my getting started and that kind of stuff and actually for your listeners I have in red at the top of my page right now a link that will take you to that getting started post um, and I'll leave that up for several days for you guys so that they can click there and it's basically a it will give you a rundown kind of the methods I use the things that are available on my website and where you can go within that and it's a pretty good article that kind of gives an overall navigation tool yeah, yeah, I saw that you did that, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm, inter I'm interviewing somebody today who switched on and knows to do things like that and welcome a community when they show up. But um, let's talk a little bit about matching, uh, if we could, for a bit. Um, mm -hmm. That I think that's so important, and it's something I didn't get at, at first with the whole couponing thing and how that works together. You post things that are, like, going on sale and how long they'll be on sale at different stores so that people can put the coupon with the sale. Yep. Um, well, and actually, I put the coupon with the sale for them as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's a couple companies that release their ads early. If you know where to find them, know where to look for them, um, or are, I guess, friends with the right other bloggers who get um, other stores early, you make a few trades, that kind of stuff. But my one local grocery store, the regional chain, Meyer, um, I actually get an ad preview from them on the Friday before the sale starts on Sunday. So I go through that, and I get a... Um, there's a website 
um, that I actually link to called Sunday Coupon Preview that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, each week they start posting the coupons that are coming out in the Sunday paper insert. So between the early ad, the early coupons, and the database of coupons that I'm already aware of, I'm able to do a pretty full matchup of the entire ad. And then that gets posted um, almost every week on Fridays so that they, you have the um, Friday, Saturday to prepare, hit the sale early on Sunday if you're worried about stock, um, being in stock, that kind of thing. But it's really, you know, the big thing is almost every coupon that comes out, the item will go on sale at some point while the coupon is valid. It's just a matter of waiting it out and then finding where to use it. So patience pays off. Um, Absolutely. You, you've also mentioned uh, freebies, and there's no better price than nothing. Uh, what are some What are some of the things that people have been able to get for free off your site? You know, the the biggest thing you're going to find is samples to begin with. There are tons of free samples out there. Major manufacturers, Procter and Gamble, Kimberly Clark, all of them do freebies. And usually, when you get a freebie, you also get a coupon with it. Um, it's just it's a marketing tool for them. But then, you know, every now and then, there's a way to work the deals around some of the daily deal sites, um, the Groupon type sites. Although Groupon, you don't see it as much anymore. Um, you get sign up credits. So sometimes you can snag things for local or online websites where if you sign up for this site, you get a $10 credit. The deal is $10 for $20 in product from whatever.com. And then you, you know, you can score a freebie that way. Maybe you'll end up paying shipping. Sometimes shipping's included. You know, there's tons and tons of opportunities out there if you do a little looking for it. It's not going to be free of your time, but it will be free of money. Very cool. Um, you also talk about, um, you know, loyalty cards, discount cards, whatever you want to call them. For instance, we shop at Kroger. We always give them our Kroger card. Price always comes down some. And if you don't do anything other than that, I kind of look at it. That's how they make you put your demographic data into their, their computer uh, because I look at the, you know, the card price as the actual price. But there's ways, like I saw on your site, and I'm just not familiar with this. Could you talk a little bit about how these – Things work where, like, you send a coupon to your card, what exactly that entails, how you do that, where you do that, because I have no idea about how that works. Yeah. There's a couple of e-coupon sites out there, and a couple of them work in different ways. Um, the main one, the like the Kroger e-coupons, you actually go to Kroger's website, register your card with their e-coupon stuff. You click through the list of coupons, and it digitally loads it to that card number. Um, my local Meyer has kind of the same thing, but it runs off your cell phone numbers. Um, when you scan your card at the register, not only does it take off those sa- the ad sale, but then it'll take off whatever coupons its system already knows that you've loaded onto that card. And that m- my Meyer store, it does it with my cell phone number. I punch in my cell phone number, it pulls up an account from online, takes off the coupons that I've loaded to my cell phone number. Um, so that's the one way to use an electronic coupon. There's actually a couple of things out there. Um, Saving Star and You Promise kind of work in a different way. You load the coupons to the card, and um, CVS and Rite Aid in my area participate with um, those programs. But you load the coupons to your card, and instead of coming off at the register, they actually get loaded into your You Promise or Saving Star account as a cash back payout later. Okay. Okay, so I go to the store, I spend my money, I pay the full price, but down the road I get a check in the mail. Or a direct payment to your PayPal account even. Okay, that's cool. Is that considered income then or is it 
Do I get taxed on that? <laughs> no. I, on that, it'd be just like doing a rebate. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, it's, just, it's an e-rebate, basically, I guess. A lot of people call them e-coupons, but it works like an e-rebate. So it's not like some kind of mystery shopper thing or something where it's, all of a sudden you're going to get a 1099 on it. Cool. Um, I, I, I also wanted kind of to give you a chance here to tell everybody, I mean, we know that they got to go over to sarahsdeals.net, but you have some, you know, Facebook, YouTube, that type, or Facebook and Twitter ways for them to link up with you there? Yep. Um, you can access everything from my website, um, but it's also it's facebook.com slash sarahsdeals, all one word, squished together. And then it's um, twitter.com slash Sarah's with an underscore then deals. Very cool. And I'll, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Um, it's clear that you really know what you're doing and you really care about what you're doing and you care about the people that are using your site. Um, so I, I really appreciate you being part of our community by coming on the show today. And I'll tell you, if you ever come up with something or have some news or something like that and you want to come back, even like it's just a you know, like a quick thing insert it into another show instead of a full show, you'll always be welcome. Well, thank you very much, Jack. I really enjoyed being on your show, and I'm very thankful that you gave me the opportunity. Hey, no problem. All right, folks, the uh, website, again, sarahsdeals.net. And uh, make sure you hook up with Sarah on Facebook and Twitter and uh, start turning those dimes into dollars. That's what it's all about. I do, you know, I wish I could paint the rosy picture for you and tell you tomorrow is going to be just like today and it's going to be just like yesterday and everything will always be good. And in some ways, there will always be some good to be had, but there will also be some tough times ahead. Uh, whether it's for all of us or whether it's for us as individuals is all for the future to tell, but we can be assured of one thing in the road of life, you will hit potholes and road bumps on occasion. And the better prepared you are, the better you will be able to deal with them. And, you know, it, it, it maybe a lot of people feel like it shouldn't be this way, but the reality is the more cash you have on hand and the more resources you have on hand, the better you're going to be able to deal with those situations. And one way to make sure there's more is to spend less. That's what we've been talking about today. And with that, this has been Jack Spirigo today along with Sarah Jensen helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Sometimes we forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer. It's like there's nothing I can do. It's the price we pay, I guess, when we follow all the rules. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way.
revolutionize you.